Thank you, God. You have purpose. It's a plan and purpose for your life. I want to welcome all of you here to the Thrive Church this morning. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm going to welcome all those who are catching us online at the 715. Uh, we're so glad that you're connecting with us. And as I always say, it is always better in person. Can we respond to that? Always better in person here at Thrive Church. I want to remind you that next week is our Vision Sunday. And after the service, uh, we're going to have our vision meeting. So all of you are welcome to attend, but uh, more importantly, our members. So I encourage you to be here. And uh, we, we have some fun with this. We have a chili slash dessert cook-off. And uh, so that's, that is the great news. Uh, the, the, also, the, the part that really makes it come alive is when you bring your chili and you bring your dessert. And so we need some people who will sign up for that. We have a, and so I encourage you to, there's a Connect Center at the, uh, in the lobby area, and just go ahead and get connected. And for the vision meeting for our members, I just want you to know, I announced this last week, but you have until tomorrow if you have any new business that you want to introduce to that meeting. So that has to be turned in by tomorrow. I want to get right into my message today. We are in a sermon series called Impact. If you are a person of impact, give a shout out. A person of impact. So when you, when you have a person of impact, what it means is to have a great effect on someone or something in the world around you, in the world around you. So, and I think one of the best ways to do that is through generosity. Don't you love stories about generosity? Do we have any people who, who like to watch Survivor? Watch Survivor. Do you know that they, they just completed their 43rd season of Survivor? I just cannot believe that. 43 seasons of the show Survivor. Well, here's one, the, the latest one just ended in December. This is one that they've never had a finish like this. If you know the show Survivor, you know that they're, they're put on a maroon island before and, and, and all these, uh, they, they just keep voting each other off the island and the last person to survive all of the vote offs, they get $1 million, $1 million to survive that episode. They've never had this happen before. This gentleman by the name of Matt or Mike Gabler, when he won his $1 million, he said, I am going to give 100% of that $1 million to a veterans organization in memory of my father. Isn't that awesome? I love generosity. What a gift. What generosity, and to that organization, what impact? You see, that's what it means to be a person of impact. That, that's what it means when, you, when I say that your greatest impact is through your give. You see, God has called you to be a person of impact. How do I know that? Well, he tells us in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you you, every person in this room, if you are a Christ follower today, every person who's watching online, you are the light of the world. And if you're the light in this dark, we know it's a dark world. If you're a light in your dark world, then I would say it is a sin. It would be a sin for us to keep our light to ourselves. I read a sign that said this. I love this. It says, don't just simply absorb the light, be the light. 
So as I've been saying throughout this sermon series, your greatest impact is through your give. We've been talking about this. We talked in the first week, we talked about giving up ourselves through prayer and fasting. And today is the end of our prayer and fasting. I had a cup of coffee today and I am alive and kicking, man. <laughs> alive and kicking. We, we, we talked about giving up our devotion by getting into the word of God, getting into prayer, getting into a life group, becoming devoted to God. We talked about give God your worship. We talked about this last week. I had more feedback about last week's message than one I've had in a long time when I talked about giving of our tithe. And today, I want to talk about giving your generosity. When you think of the word generosity, the definition is this. It's above and beyond. Everybody say above and beyond. Above and beyond. That's what it means to be a generous person. How many of you know a generous person? You know generosity. How many of you are a generous person? Yeah, you can raise your hand. You're, how many of you are really humble? <laughs> There's one person in the Bible who, was, who just went above and beyond to impact his world, and that person is Paul. Listen to what the apostle Paul said about his, his impact. He says in 1 Corinthians 9, 23, he says, I do everything. Everybody say everything. That means I go above and beyond to spread the good news and share in his blessings. Here's a man who went above and beyond. And we know that it takes, if you're really gonna make an impact in this world, you need to go above and beyond. You know, for instance, how many of you, you're married couples here today and, and, that, and that guy who really, really likes that girl. And, and he's like, man, I, I, you know, I really, really, really like this girl. Well, so, so you go to propose to that girl. Well, you go above and beyond, right? You go above and beyond. And, and, and gentlemen, just, can I just talk to the guys here for just a second? Valentine's Day is just around the corner. February 14th, great opportunity to go above and beyond. Look it out for you guys, okay? Above and beyond, above and beyond. That job, that job that you want, and you got that job interview, this is the job I want to really, and so you get really all dressed up nicer than normal, and you just, you talk nicer than normal because uh, you go above and beyond. So we know that there are people that have impacted our lives before, and what, how, the impact that they made in our lives is when they went above and beyond. Teachers, uh, youth pastors, leaders in our lives, people who went above and beyond. You know what? Sometimes even pastors go above and beyond. And, and, and sometimes it gets a little carried away, but maybe you like this pastor right here. I just feel like we need to clean up some unforced errors. That's it. I mean, I walk out on stage and my mic's not on. Can we try that again? It's just a simple thing we talk about in staff meetings and we practice during the week and then on Sundays we can just can't perform. I mean, I don't know what you more you want me to do. I feel like I close my sermons the same way every Sunday. As I close, the worship team's gonna come out. Does the worship team come out? No. I feel like I finished strong, honestly. I just gotta get back and take a look at some of the film, get some things for my sermon corrected for next week. I mean, attendance was down, so I feel like that hurt my confidence a little bit coming out of the gate. But I mean, from a number standpoint, we did okay. It looks like we got 
uh, five applause breaks. We got three amens and one mmm preach. So, like, I mean, from a numbers game, I feel like we're doing well. I just got to do a better job. I mean, I'll take responsibility for my sermon. It wasn't the best thing I've ever done. I had a hilarious story about my kids to start, but then, honestly, the scriptural tie-in was not great. I mean, I'm just not comfortable performing in this system. We're doing an eight-week sermon series. Honestly, it should have wrapped up at about five. We're doing this, like, Stranger Things spinoff called Jesus is a Life Changer Things. Yeah, grammatically, it literally doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I'm a little banged up. I got a sore throat. I'm not 100% either, but I don't, I, no excuses. I knew I needed to come out here and perform on Sunday. I mean, who else is going to preach? The youth pastor? Absolutely not. I mean, last time I had the guy preach, he was quoting Chance the Rapper lyrics. I mean, we just can't have that. I mean, we're, we're doing a good job as a team getting plenty of people to come forward for prayer. We're just not getting salvations. We're not getting the conversions when we need to, bottom line. If anybody has any questions, uh, I'll take those now. Just slip your hand up all over this room. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Can somebody give me a mmm that will preach? <laughs> <laughs> above and beyond. I think maybe he went a little too far, but above and beyond. You see, the, the, we, we need to be careful with generosity because the opposite of generosity is greed. And greed is, I have all of this and I'm gonna keep all of this to myself. Their life missions, people who, do, who are greedy people, their, their, their life mission is it's all about me. You know, they have, studies have shown that in America, in the United States, the more we make, the less we give away. The more we make, the more we receive, the less that we give away. I want to encourage you, don't let God's blessings turn into greed. Let me say that one more time. Don't let God's blessings on your life turn into greed. God doesn't mind when you have stuff. He just doesn't want your stuff to have you. Can I say that one more time? God doesn't mind that you have stuff. He just doesn't want your stuff to have you. And I want you to, have you ever thought about this? In no culture, in no culture ever has greed ever been celebrated as a virtue. Andy Stanley says this. He says, the cure for greed is generosity. The cure for greed, think about that. The cure for greed is generosity. The, here's the bottom line. The greatest way to impact the world around you is to live generously, to live a life that is above and beyond. You see, when we support missions, today, today is Impact Sunday. When we support missions around the world, we are, in effect, we're impacting the world. When we give the missions, we are impacting the world around you. In 1 Timothy 6, the Apostle Paul is talking to this young pastor, Timothy, and he's giving him some counsel. He's been mentoring Timothy for a while, and he's talking to him about this, uh, this challenge. He's challenging Timothy, listen, not only you, but your church. Challenge your church to live generously. He says this. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Who are the rich people? 
who are the rich? Well, we, we could say, well, all the rich people, they, they live either on the East Coast or they live on the West Coast. I mean, that's real, you know, the fancy, smancy people. That's where the rich people. Did you know this? Studies have shown, studies have, they've studied uh, income levels throughout the entire world, and they have discovered this, that if your household income, the combined income, whatever, if it is $45,000 or above a year, that you, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. Let that sink in. Combined income of $45,000, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand, you are the top richest person in the world. You're rich. You are rich. Here's some some rich people's problems maybe that I've discovered. I have some, some of these rich people problems in my life. You see, sometimes I have a closet full of clothes and I will walk into my closet and I cannot find anything to wear. I, I, sometimes I go to a refrigerator that is stocked full of food and I can't find anything to eat. Sometimes I'll go to maybe go to a drinking fountain and I'd have to push a little harder because the water flow is barely, I can have to reach down to drink out of that. See, see these are rich people problems. Sometimes I have to wait a few hours, sometimes a few days for somebody to help me out with my cable television or my internet problems in my home. You see, these are rich people problems. Paul is saying this. Here's here's a challenge from Paul. Paul is saying, if you're rich, if you're rich this morning, just raise your hand. I'm, I'm raising my hand. If you're rich this morning, be careful. Be careful to not put your faith in your finances. Be careful. Because that's a temptation. We talked about this last week. We talked about last week that we said this, that God's greatest competitor can sometimes be our finances, our money. He's, Paul is saying, your finances are unreliable. We have discovered, some of you have discovered that it is here today and it is gone tomorrow. It can't, we've discovered this. I hope that you will discover this sooner than later, but you've discovered it cannot buy you happiness. It cannot bring you joy. It cannot keep you from dying. It cannot earn you eternal life. But Paul, I think, is challenging us instead Put your trust in God. Why? Because he's the owner of it all. It's his. It is not yours. And so he's saying, don't focus on what you can do for yourself. But what if, just what if, we were to get the mindset instead that we would focus on what good we can do for others. You see here at Thrive Church, today's Impact Sunday and we focus on supporting missionaries all over the world. What is a missionary? A missionary is this, someone who is sent on a mission to a foreign land. I want to show you, today's Impact Sunday. And in Impact Sunday, we highlight the missionaries that we support here at Thrive Church. I want you to know the missionaries, a couple that you're about to see, you support them through your impact. I just want you to all to realize they are just called. You're called to the 715, to your particular community, to your workplace. They just happen to be called to Tibet. 
missionaries. We're, we're all called to be missionaries. By the way, I just want you to know, we are starting to do missions trips ourselves as Thrive Church. As you, we announced that this fall, we are planning for next fall, coming to November, we are already making plans to take a team to Thailand to Thailand. So we're really excited about that. And one of the things that we're doing to promote this is we are having a evening called Taste and See. And we are inviting all of you. This is on Saturday evening, March 4th. Mark that on your calendars. Uh, we, we need you to get tickets to be a part of this event. Please check out our website, our Facebook page to know more about this. I encourage you to come out for that event and let us serve you. So let me talk to you this morning about why generosity to missions is so important. Here's why. And I, I, I hope that I don't go too long here, but I just, scripture verse, there are so many scripture verses that talk about this topic. I only touched a few of them. But here's why this matters to the church. Number one, understand that his mission is your calling. God's mission for this world to redeem mankind to his son, Jesus Christ, that's your calling in life. You see, Jesus came to this earth to live out this calling, to redeem mankind. But then we know that he died on, and on a cross. He rose again, but then he ascended into heaven. And he says, guess what? I hand the baton off to you. This mission that I was carrying is now your mission. Everybody put out your hand just like this. And I want you to receive the baton, and you have just received the mission that God has given to you. That he gives us, the, how do we know this? He gives us what is known as the great commission. Matthew 5, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said to his disciples, before he ascended into heaven, he says, I want you to go. Everybody say, go. I want you to go into your world. Not only your world, the 715, but I want you to go into all of the world, and I want you to make disciples. I want you to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And I want you to go, again, not only the 715, but into all of the world. The, the word commission means to be given an assignment. And this, in the Bible, this is called the great assignment, the great mission to all of us today. So this is why it's so important, because it, his mission is our calling. Second of all, your generosity matters because your generosity is needed. The Kramers, that, just, we, that video that we just watched, they need our support. Our generosity fuels what they are doing in Tibet. It's through your generosity. Did you know this? The Assemblies of God, which is the fellowship that we are a part of here at this church, did you realize that the Assemblies of God is the largest missions, missionary organization in all of the world? And we get to be a part of it. We get to be part of it. But it's needed. It, it's, it's, it's that way today because of the generosity of the church in the United States. In Titus 3, 13, the Apostle Paul, again, is discipling another young pastor. And he's talking to him about generosity. He says, Titus, do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos with their mission, their mission trip. They're on a mission trip here. Do all that you can to help them. See that they are given everything they need. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then 
then we will not be unproductive. You see, this is our way of being productive, not only here in the 715, but in all of the earth. And here at Thrive Church, we're gonna do everything to continue to fuel the mission of life change. Why your generosity matters? Because number three, generosity expands your reach. Again, we get to partner. Here we are in the 715, and some of you have never met the Kramers. I've met them before, just a super awesome couple, but through your impact giving, we have the ability to affect and help lead people in Tibet to become life-giving followers of Jesus. Our reach is expanded. 3, 3 John 1.8, it says, so we ourselves should support them. We should support the missionaries so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Why does generosity matter? Your generosity keeps your heart in check. How many of you have discovered that? When I, when I start to become generous, all of a sudden I begin to focus in and I, it helps me keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus talks about this. If we're not careful, money, things, people can sit on the throne of our hearts. It can actually become our God. And by giving and generosity, it keeps God on the throne. Matthew 6, 20, Jesus says, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever, listen to me, this, this, this part is important. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Somebody said this, you will never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You will never see a U-Haul, why? Because you can't, Take it with you. I've actually have seen photos. I've seen photos where this guy was a Harley guy. And somebody, maybe some Harley people in here. He loved his Harley so much and he was just so fed up with his family. It was in his will that he was to be propped up on his Harley and lowered into this glass casing. And he was to be lowered in this and he was buried in his Harley in that position. Wouldn't that be... That's pretty sick. That's pretty weird. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's riding a Harley in heaven or not, but, uh, but we are called to invest. We're called to invest. And that, and, 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 and that keeps our heart in check. Why is generosity matters? You have been blessed to invest. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been blessed to invest. If you have been blessed this morning, I want you to raise your hand. You've been blessed by God. You know it. All around this room. And I want you to know, you have been blessed, not only for your benefit. God loves to benefit. He loves to bless his children. But understand, that blessing is also for the blessing of others. God blesses us. He blesses us so that we can bless others. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. You will be enriched by God so that you can be generous to others on every occasion. And through us, through this mission, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know what your generosity does? God, God enriches you so that you can bless in every way. Your blessings are not just for you. Your blessings are for the world around you, for the Kramers in Tibet, so that we can be generous to others from our blessings. And as a result of your blessings, people will look to God. As a result of your generosity, 
people will look to God. Why is generosity matters? You see, when you give, you will receive. Now, I, I just talked to a gentleman here earlier, and he was coming in, he was talking about, uh, Victor, remember that conversation we were talking about, I would call them profiteers. They, they claim to be prophets, but they are profiteers on television. And he's telling me about a guy he was watching. He says, now, if he, he, probably, he probably maybe has one of them southern voices. Sometimes I'm southern pastors. If you give, a, you turn in $1,000 to me, I promise you the Lord's going to give you $2,000. Okay? That's garbage. That does not come from the word of God. That is a that, that is false prophet. Okay, I won't get into that. Don't, don't get me stirred up here. That is wrong. But God does say he will bless people. Listen, look at what it says here. Jesus says in Luke 6.38, he says, give. Everybody say give. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your life. That's the kind of blessings that I want from God. I'll take God's blessings over man's wealth or any resources, anything. I'll take that. I'll take God's blessings any day over this. He says the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. Be careful. Be careful. Because I remember my dad, my dad grew up in a farm, in a farm poor, house, poor farm house, farm boy, and I just remember my dad, well, when my ship comes in, son, you know, I'm going to get you that moped that you always wanted when my ship comes in. And I just grew up, and I just remember, but dad, your ship has come in. Your ship, you have a wonderful family. You have a healthy family. You have a healthy life. You have a wonderful job. You have a wonderful marriage. You, you are blessed. You are blessed, right? How many of you, again, you are blessed this morning. Can we give God a shout out for our blessings? Again, I'll take God's provision. I'll take God's blessings over man's riches any day, any day. Why your generosity matters? Your generosity pleases God. Your generosity pleases God. Check this out, Hebrews 13, 16. He says, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. You see, when we live generously, when we share the blessings that God has given to us, it does something incredible inside of us. Again, going back to that survivor winner, oh, I would love that. Wouldn't it be just so awesome to be able to just pass that blessing on to others? Well, guess what? You have the ability to do that, that same thing. It's called obedience. Obedience. That feeling, I did something right. I did something to impact this world. And I feel so good inside. So I want to, some of you are, are wondering what, what I got going on here on, on this table. And what I have here is, I'm going to try to illustrate our current giving strategy, if I can, all right? So let me... Put these baskets out here. I'm not going to be able to see them all. And, I, and so I have been given these resources by God. All right? I, I, didn't want to, I was going to copy the real thing, but 
I don't want to get in trouble. And so, so our current strategy is this. So, so we, have what we have our tithe bucket. We talked about this last week. And we said, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And my top 10%, and remember we talked about that? It's the first and it's the best. It's the first and it's the, it's the first thing I do. I get my paycheck every other week and it's the first and it's the best. And it goes into my tithe. Well, then we have, we have things that are going on here, and, and, and we're starting this Impact Sunday, and we're going to say, hey, church, by the way, today's Impact Sunday, and we want you to give, we want you to give to missions, all right? And then, hey, church, we, we got these kids, we got youth camp coming up here, and, and we want to send our kids to convention, and so we, we want to give to scholarships, right? And then we have this, the, hey, folks, we just want you to know, we got this air conditioning and HVAC system that is going out of whack here. And can we just give to the building? I'm going to make sure everybody sees us here this morning. And then, hey, we just had this tragedy that just happened all over the world. And we're going to take a a special offering for, for Convoy of Hope, all right, for world relief. Okay, so, so that's where our offerings go. So what is the problem here? We've kind of looked at this and we see that some of the problems is this is not very, it's not a very strategic focus. We, we talked about that it doesn't really have impact, uh, that, that there's not really a lot of momentum here, and it can become draining. There's too many buckets. There's too many buckets here. Now, again, understand the tithe. We talked about this last week. You see, the tithe it, it helps the operation of the ministry of the church. It pays for the salaries. It pays for the upkeep. It keeps the electric on. It keeps the heating on. I've been told that we're going to get heat in the lobby this week. He meant to say, what he said last week, he meant to say this week, okay? But that, that's how that happens, through your tithes. And it, it, it supports the ministry of the church. And then we take these offerings here. We take all of these offerings. Well, again, some of those things can become a, a, a little bit blurry. What if, what if we were to do this, okay? Get my money out of here. I don't want to. Bear with me here. What if we were to just say, you know what, we're, we're not going to keep doing this bucket thing, okay? We're not, we're not going to keep doing it. What if, because we do this every third Sunday, what if we said, I'm going to give of my tithe and I'm going to give above and beyond generously to impact. I, mean, I just want you to look at the brochure that, that, we put, that we put in the chairs in front of you, okay? What if we just said, instead of having all of these buckets, what if we just said, we're gonna give above and beyond to impact the world around us? What if we just said, hey, listen, missions. Did you notice all these missionaries that we support all around the world? And not just missionaries all around the world, but in our area. 
But in our area, not only that, in, in our community, we even have students who give to this ministry called Speed Delight, this missions opportunity. We have young people who give to a Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. Uh, and so we, we do all that. And, and so we just say, we're going to put this in impact. I want you to know, I'm, we're going to ask you today to consider above and beyond giving to impact so that we can impact the world around us. What if we did that? What if, what if not only this, not only if we said, hey, you give to impact, not only are you giving to missions work all around the world, but you're impacting the next generation. So instead of saying, hey, scholarships, we need scholarships, or hey, what if we, what if we were to set up a scholarship fund for students who want to attend Christian college because they feel called into the ministry? Where would that come from? Instead of saying, hey, church, we got this need, what if we just gave to impact and it was already funded through your generosity? What if we invest in the next generation? What if we just said this, hey, we're gonna invest in the future? What if God wants to plant a church out of Thrive Church? Where would the funds for that come from? What if, what if we wanted to do church multiplication? These are the things that we are praying and asking God for. But God, how is this going to be resourced? Well, what if we gave to impact? What if we gave to impact? And, and again, your brochure that we gave to you, it has all that information. And here's, here's what we're challenging you as a church to do. First of all, we want you to understand, we want you to understand this. We as a church have made the decision as a leadership team that we are going to begin to tithe off of your tithe. We're going to tithe that 10%, the, the first and the best, and we are already as a church going to invest in impact. Okay? So we, we, that's, already, that's already happening. We've been doing it. We announced that last year. We've already have been doing that. But what would happen if you said, okay, pastor, impact Sunday, or you can do it any Sunday. I'm going to tithe my first and my best, and then I'm going to give above and beyond to impact. Can I just say something here? Listen, because sometimes people get confused about this in church. If this is your first and your best, your temptation might be on Impact Sunday. Like, did did you catch that? This is my first and my best, but it's Impact Sunday. Oh, no, I'm going to get to here. This is your first and your best. Always, always, always. Do not rob God to be a part of Impact. Impact, this is first and best. Everybody say first and best. First and best, above and beyond. Everybody say above and beyond. Okay. And I did that jokingly. I really want you to grasp that. Do not, do not. I honestly think it's a sin if you take from here to do this. Do not do that. But give above and beyond and watch what God does. Was this illustration, was this helpful for you this morning? I, I, <laughs> I, I just really, I, I truly want you to grasp what we're talking about here. And here's so what I, this is what I challenge you to do as a church. We put a, 
we put a flyer in here, we put a pamphlet in here. I'm going to ask you, some, again, I know this, I hope I don't sound like I use car sales, but I don't want to sound like it. But there's something about writing it down when you make a commitment. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment this morning. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, ask you to just take out this card and, and, and I want you to just pray about it. And, and, and you know, if you're not s- solid about filling this out today, that's fine. You just take your time and I want you to talk, talk to God. Talk to God, say, God, what would, you, what would you want me to do? What kind of impact? Lord, I know this. I'm not going to rob you of this. But what kind of impact do you want me to make above and beyond? What do you want me to do, Lord? And then I want you to talk, if you're married, I want you to talk to your spouse. Don't make a decision without talking to your spouse. How many of you have learned that lesson the hard way? Okay. Be in alignment. Be in alignment with your spouse. Okay? And then every third Sunday... We're going to do just what we just did there. Hey, that missionary, we support them. You support them. You're making an impact all around the world. We're going to highlight a missionary. Look what your impact is doing. Hey, those students that went to camp, we had five of them that we gave full scholarships to. Look what your impact is doing. Hey, church. We are prayerfully considering, because of your impact, of planting a new church. Because of your impact. So I want you to take it. I want you to, I want you to fill it out. Tear this part off and say, hey, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And I want you to turn this in. If I could have our ushers begin to prepare. I didn't tell you guys before. So this is a surprise. But if guys, if you could get some offering plates or if you want to come up here and use some of my buckets, I will gladly help you. I want you to just prayerfully fill out that form here in just a moment. And then I want you to make an impact. Make an impact. As I close, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to this young church who had questions about how to handle their finances, how to handle their possessions. They're they're saying, Paul, how should we do this? What are we supposed to do here? Quickly, he says, quickly, this is in your notes. Paul said, give generously. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You know, let, let me just say what this is real quick. This is what he's calling, referring to as the law of the harvest. The law of harvest is this. Back in those days, real agricultural community, put this here, they would have seed. And they had a decision on what to do with that seed come planting season. Now, here was the decision. Every farmer had to make this decision. I could take this seed and I could just sprinkle just a little bit, okay? And I know I'm not going to get a very big crop, but I can eat this seed too. We can turn this into bread and then I can feed my family, but I'm not going to get the biggest crop. But what if we did this? What Paul is, what he's saying is like, what if you spread, what if you really spread it thick? Because then you're going to get a bigger crop and you trust God to provide for you. Okay. That's Paul's challenge. That is your challenge. That's, that's not between you and I. That's between you and God. But I want to challenge you 
to trust God. Give generously. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Number two, give with the right attitude. Paul talks about that. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. He says to give in faith, and God will provide generously all that you need. And last of all, give out of your blessings. Why? Because you have been blessed to be a blessing. If I can have our ushers come at this time, thank you guys for, for, uh, for uh, uh, allowing myself to throw you under the bus like this. <laughs> we just hold this up and can we just praise the church? Lord, we know that you have been created, we have been created to have an impact on this world around us. And so God, I pray that you would show us what is our above and beyond. What does that look like? This is between you and I. So God, we pray that our impact will impact the 715 and all of the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As they're taking this, as you're collecting these, uh, these impact forms again, so you're collecting his impact form. If you're here today and you've not allowed Jesus to impact your life and you want him, you need him to impact your life, to change the way you think, the person that you are, to heal you. Can I just pray for you? I, I just ask, I encourage you to ask Jesus into your life. And if that's you this morning, just pray along with me. Just bow your heads and say, God, I need you. I'm inviting the Lord of the universe to come and, and restore me and to heal me. Lord, I, I pray that you would become the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I choose to live for you. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God praise this morning. Give praise this morning.